nobody is exempt from doubt, from fear, from disability, from illness that, that can seem insurmountable. And yet, you know, we've heard from countless stories of people getting through things that otherwise you would think are impossible. Friends, welcome to the season finale, season one, Everybody Speaks Music. I'm Mojo Kemp, and I am alongside Chris Schultz. Thank you so much, everybody, for downloading the show, not only today, but all season long. Chris, here we are, man. Season finale, season one. How's it feel? Well, it feels amazing, and we did have a little bit of a party the other day to get some of the the vibe it happened to be your birthday and we did record today's episode on your 55th birthday which was really special we also were surprised by a few guests and we're not going to be releasing that content mojo why not well first off chris it was a great evening and it was my birthday so thank you very much you took me out for dinner everybody it was awesome we had my beloved teacher Rocky and Kelly joined us but for some reason Chris we couldn't figure out how to plug in more than one microphone there's a lot of gear in between us there's a lot of gear at the school but there we were like pure podcast do-it-yourself basic one microphone yeah, the, the Beatles on their first album would be proud of the effort we went to capture the room. But unfortunately, in the school, there's a lot of background noise. We've got a sky train. There's bands jamming all over the place. We've got, you know, people coming and going. And the fan is quite loud in there, too. That keeps the air circulating. So we just decided we're going to feature Kelly and Rocky in an upcoming episode properly with good audio. However, we did manage to check in and go over how it felt to complete season one. I'm really happy with the retrospective. It's not too long. It's going to be a great way for our listeners to just kind of get the final ride. And uh, we really do appreciate everyone coming along on this journey with us. We're so excited for season two. We've got big plans. We can't wait to get them out to you in the new year. Uh, So keep your eyes and ears open early January. Season two of Everybody Speaks Music will be on its way. And we do have one final episode of Follow-Up Friday to come as well. And uh, and then it's it. We're all on the holiday break. How awesome is it that I get to relive 20 minutes of my birthday all over again? It's like having two birthdays in one year. Can't wait to share it with everybody. Chris, let's get right to it. So now that we're here... What's been the best thing for you? You're you're a new podcaster. I've been podcasting for a long time, uh, almost 15 years, but you're new. Mm -hmm. What's been the best thing about podcasting for you? Well, for starters, I really didn't know how much I was going to love it. I knew I'd enjoy it, but it has become my favorite part of the week creatively, more so than writing music. So it's something about the shared story for sure. I think that once we get into an episode and we start truly listening to each other and hearing this journey that we're all on, I'm just so inspired. I mean, the hour just flies by. I always feel like at the end we're, we're air high-fiving. I, I'm just lit, I'm inspired. 
you know, I, I'm getting I'm getting just inundated with inspiration every week, as are our listeners. We're clearly hearing that too, right? So I think that the that's the biggest part is knowing I'm not alone in my perception of how things are going. And everybody's story is connecting with a different part of my own personal experience. So I feel just su- super grateful to be a part of that fly in the wall. Yeah, what you, what you guys don't know is, is Chris usually has a workshop at 8 o'clock. And I'm often having to tell him, Chris, we need to go because you need to go. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because right? you get so into the conversation that, and I can see it when I'm, I'm looking at you, that I know you have no clue as to what time it is. <laughs> I never paid. I have no idea. There's no <laughs> clock in my room. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, okay, Chris, uh, we got to wrap this up so you can go do other stuff. Okay, so that's the best thing. On the flip side, what's been the hardest thing? Oh, you know, just all the, the fear and the doubt. You know, every episode, I wonder, did I, were we on? Was I on? Did I come prepared? I guess the hardest part has just been taking the time to mentally be there. You know, like switching from being dad and being a business owner and being a husband and have my own world going on and then going, now, right now, I have to switch into listener and and really making sure I'm present isn't it hard to be present it, it can be hard to be present especially when we've got so much going on around us and for a lot of this most of this season we haven't been together this is the first time right and it's easy to get distracted about shit around the house or I got my dog or my cats you got the kids and it, it, it and then plus our guest yeah and whatever they might be going through yeah. as well. Let's uh, let's talk about our guests a little bit. Oh, absolutely. They've been wonderful. I mean, they're the, they've been the magic of the whole season. We, we talked about what we wanted to do as a podcast. And I guess it's a great time to share with our listeners that the idea here was, you know, we all connect on music. I don't know anyone on the planet that doesn't have music in their life. It's truly a remarkable thing to say, mm-hmm. right? And... Yet, when you think of a music podcast or an interview, it's usually, you know, fairly high-level famous person being interviewed by someone that's also high-level. Rolling Stone magazine interviewing whoever. and The Rolling Stones. Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) And I just felt like, from my perspective, it was the stories I was hearing in these little rooms, these cubicles, were so remarkable. And I always had this vision one day of writing a book all these great stories somewhere along the line I fell in love with podcasting and realized it's it's a book is writing here this is a story that's being told Mm -hmm. it's great you know and and so our our sort of differentiator is it's that we're we're interviewing people that aren't famous for the most part I mean we will have our share of well-known guests like Don Alder and so on but hearing you know the the journey of people that aren't considered professional musicians has been so fascinating and just goes to prove that it doesn't matter where you are in your level or experience, you have something really special to offer. Something, Mojo, that you've said almost every episode that our listeners don't get to hear, as you say to our guests, and I love it, you say, I'm going to paraphrase you and you can probably say it the way you do, but it's something along the lines of everybody feels like their story isn't worth sharing, but, and then you dot 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 how do you say that because every guest gets to hear that from you and it kind of calms them down a bit yeah well like you mentioned right we don't have the big rock star type of people we got everyday folks we got the me and you's and 
Oftentimes, we don't think our story is all that important because we're in the middle of it and it's happening to us. But somewhere, somebody out there is going through the exact same thing that you're going through, my friends. And by hearing somebody else, how they got through it and how they dealt with it and were able to overcome it, it lets us know that we can overcome it too. Well said. And you know, I think that's a key component right there that I know for myself, no matter what level I've been at as a musician in my journey, it's not when I read about other people's triumphs that inspires me. It almost works the opposite. It's when I hear of them overcoming their challenges that I feel like I've got something inside me that can do that too. So I feel like a lot of our our best moments on this season are when it gets into the tough stuff. You know, what obstacle was placed in front of you as a child or as an adult that stopped you from singing? You know, you yourself know better than anyone the types of things we can be dealing with and faced with. So do I. Yeah. So that insight into nobody is exempt from doubt, from fear, from disability, from illness that, that can seem insurmountable. And yet, you know, we've heard from countless stories of people getting through things that otherwise you would think are impossible, whether that's I'd never played until I was, you know, much later in life, or I've got this disability or this perceived challenge that's not even really there. So I, I find that one huge and I want to dig even deeper into that. I think that's a lot, there's a lot of love there. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we're doing some good work here and if we inspire one person, it's worth it. Right? Absolutely. It's worth it. So going back over the year, what was, I'm not going to ask you for your favorite interview because that, that just sets us all up. But what, what were some of your favorite moments? Every episode has had these moments for me. I know I, I didn't expect that either. I thought, you know, some are going to really stick out, but the storyline has been consistent and I didn't often know where we were going to go. I had some idea of how I wanted to guide each episode, but I think the moment that really sticks out for me was Tony's. There was a moment where you asked him a question and I, I can't remember how you worded it. And then Tony answered it. And I just remember thinking, just holy crap, you know, what a, what a powerful, inspiring moment. I, I, I was so lit after that one that I made a life changing decision that day. You were going to start doing an Ironman or something, you said. I have committed to doing my first marathon in October of 2022. <sighs> now I've, <laughs> let's talk about that. I mean, I mean, I'm a, I'm a fairly heavy guy. I really don't enjoy running at all, but you know, Tony and I have talked a lot since that episode about staying inspired. He's told me some really great things, but you know, one thing he really imparted on me, he said, Chris, it's not about, it's not about how you look. It's not about winning. It's about your heart. It's about your health. It's about being healthy. So he gave me some really good tips and I was so excited to get started. I thought, great, I'll put the girls in their little double buggy and away we go and got my first run in and I recorded it and felt great and, you know, and, and, came home and felt like Rocky Balboa, you know, in that moment where you got your fists up in the air and yeah. look at me, girls, your daddy's doing it. Wow. And then my second run, something went wrong in my calf. 
and I thought, what the heck is this? And then my third run was the other calf, and now I'm I've been sidelined for three weeks. And I think it's important to share that part of this. You know, I'm I wouldn't normally want to tell people about the, that huge obstacle that I'm faced with that my calves are in the way of me running. But uh, as you know, it really does go back to that episode with Tony. You know, and he it's just there's been so many moments like that with each guest how about you mojo was there a moment for you in this journey where you know it really sticks out oh man so many of them um you know uh your wife jill she's so smart and and just so so awesome to talk to and her insights on things uh ethan i mean ethan was the kid is awesome, man. and and you know I really um, Katie. When I was when we interviewed Katie, there was so much about Katie's journey that was the same as mine uh, that I really felt connected to Katie. And uh, I almost I tried to go see her one day, right? Um, but uh, it didn't work out for the timing. I'd never ever in my life have I wanted to go see a children's performer. But I wanted to go see Katie and, you know, uh, the episode with Jeff um, that just came out. And even now, just sitting here with Rocky, it's it's all a moment. It's, it's one moment from the start to the finish that, uh, again, when, when you're in it, you can't feel it. But when you step away from it and you, you take that view from above and you're like... Wow, all these amazing people are everywhere. Mm -hmm. And we're all so amazing inside. We all have something unique that only we can bring to the table. And we just, as people, we need to believe in ourselves more. Um, as we get older, as we all know, we lose that magic that we have when we're kids and we start focusing on the things that we can't do and when you're a kid you don't have that thought you just think I can do this and you do it and that's I think what <clears throat> one of the one of our really important messages to people is is to find that that childlike wonder that awe that is still in there Folks, it's still in there. Yeah. Just sometimes you got to dig for it, but it's there. Absolutely. And, you know, something else that's really come out of this experience for you, myself, for Jill, for our guest, is a, is a stronger sense of community. And I'm witnessing from watching my daughters how important it is to be, to feel needed, to feel like you're part of something. You can watch in a toddler when they're doing something, even they love doing it, but they want to know that they're part of something. They'll look back at you. And if you connect and you, and you notice and nod your head, that means so much more to them, right? And, and somehow we perceive that as being a weakness that we want to take out of children. I think that becomes a North American uh, construct where you say, okay, now the kid needs to be self-absorbed, self, uh, self independent from mom and dad or whoever the, the parental caregivers are. But when I look at some of the the problems that we're all faced with especially as a society as a collective humanity i think so much of it is just feeling disconnected um, 
you know, certainly through the pandemic, that's been, I mean, on levels that are, there's been tragic levels of that, you know, people are depressed, they're feeling like they don't belong to something. So I think, not to say, again, I've, I mentioned this once before, not to say music is the answer. There, there's so many ways of feeling connected, but that, that part of music is where I think we're going. I feel like I'm going to tell a story now about so much of the inspiration be, be behind where I'm at now in terms of how I view music and how I think about it. Years ago, a very good friend of mine, Bo and Zena, they were just becoming very close to me in our life. They they moved here from China not that not that much earlier than we'd met. Bo and I clicked, uh, amazing guy. And one day we were walking down the road, and he said, "Chris, I I don't understand." Uh, the music here, the way the audience uh, is is handling it, you know, like I, I went to a concert and you know, people were so preoccupied with all the external stuff like the other tents, you know, why, why weren't they watching the music? It was a really challenging question. It really forced me to step back because I think it's really easy right now to say, oh, you know, people aren't paying attention to things anymore or, you know, people can say music used to be better, concerts used to be better. I, it really, illuminated something for me. People want to be part of it more than just standing back and watching. At least that's my interpretation. Yeah, it's fun to go to a concert, but instead of blaming the audience and saying, oh, you're so distracted, you're on your cell phone all the time, what if everyone in the audience was jamming? What if everyone felt like they were creating the music? Or better yet, what if the shows got much smaller? When we got back to that place where there's only three, six, 12, 20 people in a room. You know, a good example would be Flamenco music, you know, before it became this commodity that blew up out of Spain, it was something that was shared in the back room of a cantina. It wasn't meant for money, it wasn't meant for fame, it was meant to be an experience shared. And everybody in the room participated, whether you were stomping your feet, clapping your hands, screaming out whenever you felt it. Sure, there were people leading the way, but everyone was a part of it. Even the listener was, a, was an emotional part of it. And I, I think that's kind of the, the impact I envision music having on us as a collective society is who cares if you're in tune or out of time if there's enough of us playing you're gonna figure it out you know and having less barrier to the instruments is important but more importantly having less barrier to even wanting to try it because I can honestly say a lot of the musicians that I that I run into they they might not realize they're the barrier they they want to be on the pedestal they want it to feel special don't we all right there's a mm -hmm. moment but it's really important to, to open that up and let people in. Thanks again, everybody, for spending all this time with us. Chris, it's been a magical season one. It truly has, Mojo. I've had such a great time with you and our listeners and our guests. It really has been one of the most creatively fulfilling projects I've ever been involved in. We hope you have a great holiday season. Be safe, be kind, be calm, and remember, everybody, everybody speaks, speaks mute. mute.